Let's ask the Lord to bless the time. Dear Lord, we're grateful. It's always a joy to look at your word. In your son's name, amen. Okay, we're in Romans chapter 1, a passage that many of you are familiar with. We refer to it in our discussions with the secular. Uh, it's an apologetic, you know, that people go to the, the uh, teleological argument for the existence of God, blah, 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 blah. It's not what we're looking at this morning. Something else that struck my mind about this passage, uh, because I was thinking about something else, just the basic problem of sin in our own lives, not sin in the non-Christians' lives. Of course they're sinners, for heaven's sake. The problem is that not their struggle and our judgment of the world, is the problem is ours and our failure to please our God. And how many excuses are given and how we don't think correctly about our own. You heard me say that recently, probably in the last year or so, that the idea that when you have a correct view, and I do, that's all I have, it's a curse. That correct view is primarily to improve Evan's life. It's not primarily Evan's ideas to improve your life. It's Evan's ideas to improve Evan's life. Evan is supposed to live by what he thinks is true. I have no confidence that everything I say is going to be picked up and jotted down on the back of your sermon notes and taken home and lived. Maybe if I luckily enough have a 5% effect on things I say, that'd be great. But... 90% of what I think ought to be affecting me. So what I want to talk about this morning is, a, is sort of a, a, a path of thought, just a bit of that's all you can describe it as, for our own path to righteousness. Um, it will have to do with what the world is up to, what everybody is up to, because of this truth. Now in Romans 1, he has introduced the book through the first 15 or so verses, and in verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed through faith for faith, as it is written, he who through faith is righteous shall live. Now, it's a wonderful statement about the gospel. He has clarified in the first paragraph of the book what he means by the gospel. It's not just any good news of a re religious variety. Um, uh, verse 1 of the book, it says, called to be an apostle set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, the gospel concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh and designated Son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. You, he, he lands with both feet on what the gospel is already in this book. So he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God. Now what sprung to mind is the last few weeks I've, I have been toying last week and a couple weeks before that a passage in 1 Corinthians 4 about the kingdom of God does not consist in talk but in power. And Christ's comments in Matthew, the synoptics uh, to the Sadducees, that you neither know the scriptures nor the power of God. So I want you to be always 
whenever we're looking for changing who we are before God so that we are pleasing to him, so that the holiness we are enjoined to have is actually accomplished, we are needing the energy, the path, the how. What is the power? And it says here that the gospel of God is the power of God for salvation. But so often words like gospel and salvation, uh, you have your own little category called salvation that you think everybody else is beating when they say it, but you're not entirely sure. I know people who, you know, dear evangelical friends who um, would say something like, Mother Teresa of Calcutta just lived the gospel. No, she didn't. She helped the poor, which is good. I'm glad she did it. But it wasn't the gospel. People mean different things. They think salvation is saving you from Satan. They think all sorts of things with God words, and you need to start to ask yourself a few questions so that things like the power of God for salvation isn't lost to you. Because remember, the kingdom of God consists in the power, not in the talk. And sometimes we don't even define our terms, and we don't even make sense of what we're saying. It becomes even worse talk, because it's not even defined. So, we know that this gospel is salvation by faith for everyone, the Jew first and also the Greek. God's righteousness is revealed in it. And we have to, with something like salvation, you have to say, what is it for? I mean, what are you saved from? Okay, that if you... Um, is that passage in Timothy that is about being deceived and it talks about uh, women will be saved through the bearing of children. You ever run across that passage? And you go, oh, that's just the patriarchy right there, for heaven's sake. Breeding machines, the, what are the, what's the show, uh, Handmaid's Tale, something like that. Oh yeah, just breed them. As long as they have babies, they'll go to heaven. But actually the passage is about deception, that a woman finding the good in her domestic situation is preserved from deception because she's um, uh, building a kingdom, basically, building a thing that isn't, you might say, just a being a busybody and a uh, subject to uh, false teaching. We see the word, but the word salvation is there. The woman will be saved. And we think a woman goes to the word saved always means you get to go to heaven at the end. What is this salvation? It's the power of God for salvation. From what? To what? what you're, you're getting um, saved, pulled out of the whatever substance, the drowning, the quicksand, whatever it is. And not frying pan into the fire. Are you, are you just going to have it get, go from bad to worse? Or is it going someplace good? What's the good? 
Through what? What's, what's the operative element? Here it tells you is revealed through faith for faith. Those sorts of things are clear. We're Protestants, for heaven's sake. We know salvation by grace through faith is not of your own doing. It's the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. We know the quotes. And we know that the gospel has to do, I want you to stop, then we were studying for the test, if we ever handed up blue books here and said, okay, everybody, write me a 10-page essay on the power of Jesus Christ to save. You're on. You have an hour. What are you going to be writing about? Well, okay, I know about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, faith, and so forth and so on. So we got the pretty good about the gospel in terms of what, through what. It's not through works. It's through faith. You know what that debate is like. You've been in it before. Perhaps you've struggled some with being a legalist and so you sometimes get a little wobbly about how much works matter. Get all James-ish versus Paul-ish. So what we're looking at today is the first couple of questions, sort of from what to what. Verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and wickedness of men who by their wickedness suppress the truth. Okay? There's a hint there. The wrath of God. Um, wrath doesn't sometimes, it's anger, you know that. Um, he's upset. And his upsetness, as you're being told, is revealed. Not will be revealed. Is revealed. You sometimes are kind of a little disappointed if you're a strong Christian who doesn't like to see the world going to Hades in a handbasket and, and they're doing just so crazy things in the public schools or they, you know, whatever they, they, they don't let Christians do or they let the non-Christians do whatever it is and you're kind of almost too eager for the end you know the, the, the rapture and the judgment and and you want a ringside seat for the judgment of the lost because you, they got to get it at some point. Well, here is suggested that the wrath of God is revealed. This is not something you've got to wait for the end of the world for. There's a revelation of what the problem is. And you're beginning to sense that the salvation of God is not being saved from Satan, but being saved from him. God. Because the wrath of God is being revealed against all ungodliness. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. Ever since the creation of the world. Now that's a, a phrase that you sometimes gloss over, other than it uses the word creation and not evolution. You know, atheists. Now, I'm not an evolutionist. I'm a creationist. But, again, I don't want to get sidetracked in this, the apologetic of this. Ever since the creation of the world. God created the world. And since then, 
something's been going on. And I think as I, I was looking back at the creation account, I have a bookmark, <laughs> I can eat a bookmark for the creation account. Uh, <laughs> I was looking at the, the, the six days of creation and uh, there was something that was in there that I noticed. On the first day he created light and days, I guess, days and nights. Um, and the second day, the firmament. Okay, the firmament is not a word that you get to use much, uh, like fundament, or I noticed it in one of the hymns this morning, fain. I mean, when was the last time you used the word fain in a conversation? I fain would take my stand. This is not the 1600s, but in hymns it is, and a lot of Bible verses. The firmament of the heavens. That's what the sky is. So I'm going to read along, because remember it says, ever since the creation, I was reading the creation, called the firmament heaven, there was the evening and morning, second day. He called the, the light period day, and the darkness he called night, there was evening and morning one day. And it wasn't until day three, dry land and vegetation, in verse, this is chapter 1 of Genesis, verse 12. And God saw that it was good. Then he made the luminaries, and God saw that it was good. Day 5, God saw that it was good. Day 6, and God saw that it was good. And at the end of the creation, he saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Now, I think women are very, very nice. Okay? Just want to understand that. They're a great asset to our nation. But heck fire, it was good. And then Eve. Now, I know you're not Eve. I don't want to blame my wife for being Eve. She's not Eve. Whatever Eve's issues were. But it stopped being good. You can still see the residue of the good. You can still see a fall day. You was talking to Elizabeth about big fall and the metaphysical purity of the fall. But the creation of the world, especially, and I don't think this is what it's teaching by the fact that the first two days it did not say, and it was good. When things, you might say, active in their own right, were coming into the scene, plants, animals, people, you see the, not just the movement of the spheres or the movement of the cosmos by whatever gravitation is, you saw things deciding, breeding, producing, bearing fruit in his creation. And it was good. Now, I don't want to make much of that absence or presence, but I, my eye noticed it. And I want you to think of God's good creation, what he intended it to be. He didn't immediately destroy it. He redesigned elements of it. But evil was in the world. 
somebody says, you know, I don't, I don't know, I, I, I think you, you have to explain the problem of evil. Well, I said, you are the problem of evil. You are alive, that's the problem. People who think they have got God over a barrel because the world has evil in it. Now, God, God made a good situation, you made a bad situation, and now, just like a three-year-old, you're trying to blame somebody else. You did the bad thing. And you want to be let off the hook for your bad thing because you punched your little brother that he didn't really deserve. You were just being mean and you punched him and you wanted to be let off, which means that all personal choices need to be let off. To be just in your cosmos, to let you off, letting Adolf Hitler off and Joseph Stalin off. Everybody who did what they wanted to do. You did what you wanted to do. Why do your wants get grace? People are wicked, and they justify all wickedness in their wickedness. And just to add insult to injury, then they say, that's why I really can't believe in a God who allows me to continue to exist. God made a creation good. We made it bad. And it wasn't just the women. You know, I, there are some people who are who would look at the nature of history and, and fault the fact that it's kind of dominated by the dudes. Because they're feistier and they get into wars. You don't want to grab that credit. We ran the world and we ran it into the ground. Now what's happening here is the wickedness in the world is the revelation of the judgment and wrath of God. His invisible nature, namely his eternal power and deity, have been clearly perceived the things that have been made. So that without excuse, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and their senseless minds were dark and claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man or birds or animals or reptiles. Now, this is called the wrath of God revealed. This is what happens in a world where we don't realize that the, there are not just your choices, which is your wickedness, there is the effect of your choices, which is the wrath of God. It's a karmic wrath. There's the, there's the wrath coming later, you know, when, when it, uh, everybody out of the pool. But there's a wrath that you see being lived. My, I've, I mentioned before, my wife enjoys watching Forensic Files. Basically, how to murder your husband and what mistakes not to make. It is amazing to see people go about a plan to kill another human being so poorly. These are human beings, they're not chimpanzees, they're people who might have graduated from high school. Many of them did not, but many of them did. People actually think it's going to work. They actually have a plan that they, 
Now, I've mentioned this a few times in the last, I think it's been a couple years since I've learned about this effect, the Dunning-Kruger effect. It's, it's just too sweet. This is everybody. The Dunning-Kruger effect is a, uh, is a quality of intelligence that makes you incapable of having the, what they call it, metacognition to understand how stupid you are. That you think you're better at life and you can't comprehend that you're nowhere, you should not be allowed to vote, drive, marry, breed children. You should be eliminated from the human species. The Darwin Awards ought to be, you know, applied to your life. It's on steroids with us. Generation after generation. How many times do you have to tell people, meth, not even once. You go, oh no, alcohol feels so good. Alcohol's not a problem. Smoking weed's not a problem. Cheating on my spouse is not a problem. It's because people are stupid. I, I like my description of stupid. A three-ton dump truck filled with 50-pound sacks of stupid. That's, that's what human beings are. And the wrath of God is that God lets us trot our little paths of urge out there where we start to build the rules of the new creation that I think I'm making. That's why I brought up the idea of God's good creation. Ever since the creation, God has given us a good situation. We could perceive it thus. We could bow the knee to him and live according to his will. Or, let me, or you will try to arrange life that follows every one of your most pronounced urges. And they will flip off the infinite. They did not honor God or give him thanks. Remember, he did the good creation. Look at him and say, that's really good. The way it works, everything after its kind, everything working out great, that's really good. Now, you know, I believe in freedom of the will. I believe that autonomy really existed. I think that's why evil's in the world. But it doesn't really matter that, what the, the, that effect. It's what really matters is that we did not bow the knee. And each one of us, to the degree we don't, the wrath of God is revealed in our lives as the effects of our wickedness come home to us because your wickedness is you attempting to deny the obvious that you are a victim of the Dunning-Kruger effect. You think it's like watching a liberal trying to do, make a financial policy for the United States. Slide one. People think they can, or watching, uh, you know, on the other side of the equation, Anne Rand trying to sell the, the virtue of selfishness. Oh, great. Yeah, that's going to work. The virtue of selfishness. Well, let's just take everybody's stuff. Let me have my stuff. Either way, people are different ways. You can have a right-wing way of designing your stupid. You can have a left-wing way of designing your stupid. 
But when our lives are not working, it's because there's a good creation we have ignored. We have not honored him, thanked him for it, bowed the knee. We said, I'm going to bow the knee to my way of running his creation. You probably think, maybe as you're lying in bed at night looking at the ceiling, something going wrong, and it's crossing your mind that the problem was they didn't do it your way. Again, 50-pound sacks is stupid. They, if they did it your way, we could only call it the wrath of God. That would be the effect of your way. Because you don't know how this world works. Only God who made it knows how it works. And so when you bow the knee and say, this is what he said to me, I don't understand it, It'd be far better for me to thank him, honor him, and obey him because his good creation in which I live can only be run by doing his good creation his good way. Otherwise, I'm going to be uh, designing it myself. Because if I don't, it says they become fools, claiming to be wise. Because, they're, oh, they're thinking about all of this. They're writing these down as manifestos. You can, the Unabomber had a manifesto. Lenin, Marx. What was that shooter in El Paso had a manifesto? I think it was, manifestos are very popular. You might want to write one. It'd be um, um, what was that line? That was it. Uh, guy from Monty Python. How do you make God laugh? Um, John Cleese, yeah. Uh, tell how to make God laugh. You tell him. Tell him your plans. Tell him your plans. Yeah. Comic relief. We're silly. We need a God. We're little minds. My brain is about the size of a grapefruit. That's all I got to work with out there in the infinite universe trying to understand the infinite, trying to understand the, the things that cause people to not do well with each other, how to live in peace with other people. I need a God. I need an authority. If I don't pick that up, the effects of my stupidity will start to wage war on me. God gave them up, verse 24, to the lusts of their hearts, in the lusts of their hearts, to impurity. Remember, the wrath of God is revealed. Remember, salvation is what you're being saved from, and it's the wrath of God. This is the nearby wrath of God, the impurity of the age, the lives that are destroyed by people's immorality. Just basic immorality, you know, stealing stuff, living with your girlfriend, whatever it is. Just basic, honest American sin. Dishonoring their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. That's what we've got the problem in. You either serve the good creation, the guy who made the creation is God, or you serve another person's view of what, how the creation ought to be lived and they had nothing to do with making anything. You have to serve a lie. Like, the lie is, I understand stuff. 
I'm from the government and I'm here to help. I'm from me and I'm here to help. We should be on our knees going, as, as Lewis did when he became, almost became a Christian, and he admitted that God was God. That's kind of a big deal. Not you are God. God is God. We will serve the creature rather than the creator. Who is blessed forever. Amen. And that just that who is blessed forever, remember it. Because you did not honor God or give him thanks. You did not say, you know, I don't like what Christianity says about X. Pick one. So you got some. You, you got some area where you don't like what Jesus said. You don't like what his apostles said. You got to say, you know, but you know, going into this, the wrath of God is revealed in my opinions. And he made the good creation. If I honor him and give him thanks for what it is I don't like, and my natural response is blessed, <coughs> who is blessed forever, amen. You should be very thankful for the guidance of the wisdom of God. The circumstance that you begin to understand that he made, the way he made it, you're not right. That line I've quoted often in church from Peanuts cartoon of many years ago. Snoopy's writing a book on theology and Linus asks him if he has a good title. And he types it out. Has it ever occurred to you that you could be wrong? That's all of us. But not only that, not only God gave them up, that's the nature of the wrath. He says, okay, enjoy. Maybe a slight pressure on the back of you as you stumble down the stairs in a drunken haze and you wonder why you have a broken nose in the morning. For this reason, verse 26, now it had said, the wrath of God was revealed, therefore God gave them up. For this reason, verse 26, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. It moves on. It, most of us, most of us good Americans sin, you know, greed and 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 um, uh, Tribal identity versus other people. Violence. All sorts of things a good American. Or just good heterosexual sin. You know, just, you know, the way God intended me to sin. Versus God giving them up to dishonorable passions. Their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women. And were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men. And receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. The wrath of God is revealed. These people are not they're succeeding in life, you might say. You know, in money terms. But they're depressed. The degree of depression... In the gay community, let alone the transsexual community, what's the rate of suicide by the time someone gets to a certain point? Like 40%? Because when you serve yourself, remember, you're dumb. And initially you just followed after urges that were right on the surface because you can pick those up easily. You can grab what you want, have one beer too many, 
drive under the influence, write bad checks because you needed some money or you stole something at the convenience store. Yeah, I can understand all those things. But the wrath of God continues to be revealed and your life can't live in his creation efficiently serving you. And you're going to be looking for answers as your life goes from bad to worse. So you're going to start considering shameless acts. Acts that you can't imagine what you would do if you were caught. Now it used to be you know, homosexuality is out of the closet now, so it's not, people are not uh, terribly horrified. But I imagine it's still very hard, people coming out. Very, very hard. They know that they've picked something, they know it's unnatural. It's not that it's not Christian, it's unnatural. It's not the way things work in the science way. But now people are trying all sorts of things, cutting off body parts and saying, no, really, honestly, I'm a woman. And I heard, I saw it on a tabloid, that the woman, Caitlyn Jenner, is having a baby. No, she's not having it. Her girlfriend is having it. Because, shamelessness, <laughs> a degree of... But these are people, you stand back and say, I don't have to make a judgment. I'm, as a matter of fact, I'm not supposed to judge the world and the sinners in the world. I know it's wrong. I'm not there to pass anything and say, boy, we need to have America pass a law. But I recognize it. I'm told this is the wrath of God revealed. And the only answer you can give them is not, you've got you've to renounce those sins. You do. But it's really, you've got to honor God and give him thanks. Because they did not honor him or give him thanks. Because they did not keep him and his good creation as the dominant force that they had to answer to. Rather than their own ideas of what the good creation should be. They slipped away into what only stupidity can make. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up. You see that three times in red? God gave them up, God gave them up, God gave them up. This is the wrath of God revealed. Let the leash out. I think I've told the story before of uh, Nancy Wilson's father, who was an Air Force officer, retired up in Coeur d'Alene and had some tree trimming done, and I think I mentioned this before, where he came out on the driveway, the guy's trimming trees up on his property, and there's a guy on a limb sawing the limb off between himself and the tree. He's on the outside end, okay? We're talking Warner Brothers, okay? He said, hold it, stop right there. Don't, don't do another thing, just a second. Went inside, got his wife, brought her back. He said, go ahead. And they watched as the guy cut the limb off between himself and the tree. With the right degree, I mean, you want some musical background for that. This is before YouTube or GoPros or anything that could have been done about it. It's just a great story. It just warms you. It warms you. You see, that you, you watch those videos, you know you do. When, after the wife goes to bed, you, you watch the videos of the people having, you know, crash and burns on whatever, a bicycle, a skateboard, whatever it is. So why are they doing this? 
and you're just laughing yourself sick. What was it? That used to be back in the 90s. Was the 90s America's Funniest Home Videos? Did you watch those? Leslie would just be in tears watching people hurt themselves. You say, well, there's probably a moral problem there. Probably is, but, <laughs> but you kind of say, you know, this is what we do when we're given a long enough leash. Do you think we're designing good economic policy too? Are we designing good moral standards? No, we're not. It's like our bad skateboarding. God gave them it. They did not see fit to acknowledge God. That's the key thing. For the good creation to exist, you have to acknowledge God. Otherwise, the wrath of God will be revealed in your life. Because you have to have an inertial force for doing things. You've got to have a reason. And service to Evan, Evan's service to Evan, is the great wickedness. For Evan. And the folly I got myself into was what I deserved. God gave them up to a base mind, to improper conduct. Now, now, initially there was kind of two sexual paragraphs there. And at any point in human history, that's going to be a big deal. But I sometimes think the Christians are... I think it's, it's really a problem, yes, and people really get hurt by it. And women are hurt, and men are hurt, and children are hurt, and all sorts of things. But, you know, we have all sorts of ways of trying to reorganize this world to make our view of the world work for us. And that's the next list. Base-minded, improper conduct. They were filled with all manner of wickedness, evil, covetousness, malice, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malignity. They are gossips slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. All of us. Anything from a child who is a little insolent to its parents and disobedient, why are they disobedient? They think, wouldn't it be great if I did it my way? And parents are in the way. And why does someone murder their husband in his sleep? He's in the way. You know, usually there's some life insurance policy, right? Some couple hundred thousand dollars that the woman really feels would stop her creditors at, from being at her door because she now has the money. People will do that. They will lie. They'll be envious. They will gossip because, you know, it's more important that I control, that I control other people's, everyone else's vision of someone else. That's why you gossip about someone. So you could not just control how they think of you, but how they think of others. Inventors of evil, haughty, insolent. All these things, they have their own world but they are all expressions of you trying to design a creation that is not so stupid. But it just ends up being stupid. They don't, they know God's decree that those who do such things deserve to die. You know, because one of the innate things that you have since the fall is the knowledge of good and evil. You know what's wrong. I don't care if you're a hot and pot or you're a um, Boston Brahmin, you're, you're you know. 
and you always will, and you can't escape it, no matter what you can force the nation to try to redesign a language so that you don't feel bad when you do bad things, because you don't feel like, there's probably going to be a law passed that the word Dunning-Kruger cannot be used anymore, because it's too apt. It describes us too well. Therefore, you have no excuse, O man, whoever you are, when you judge another for in passing judgment upon him, you condemn yourself because you, the judge, are doing the very same things. That's the problem. You know, it tells us not to judge those outside the church. Christians have a hard time with that because they see the great wickedness out there. You say, well, that, that's just the judgment of God. They're under the judgment of God. And when I start to judge them, My taking on that role that I actually don't have, um, I'm putting myself in the, you might say, the seat of the judge that, that is the agent of the law, that they violated what I think should be. People have all sorts of grave moral concerns about everyone else for what they do, even though their grave moral condition is incredibly in the wrong. I was talking to an old friend who had walked away from the Lord many years ago, and he was complaining about his ex-wife, who's doing much better than he is. And just vitriol. And his life was a wreck. You know, just, just a wreck. You know, say, what are you thinking? Do you think you're not bad because you look at other people's sins? You do the very same things. We know that the judgment of God, verse 2, rightly falls upon those who do such things. He's actually comparing me judging and God judging. Remember, the wrath of God is revealed. The judgment is happening. This is the, what is the wrath of God? That, it, where the, where the wrath of God falls on you because you elbowed your way into life, got yourself a college degree, and said, I'm, I've got it from here. I'm going I'm to decide where things go. I'm going to decide how things work. God's judgment of you. God letting it happen to you. God letting it destroy your family. Is apt. It rightly falls on you. When I judge somebody, I'm, I'm probably taking up some, some of that same space that they're in. Do you suppose, O oh man, that when you judge those who do such things, yet do them yourself, you will escape the judgment of God? When we do not have the righteousness of God available, when we start to think like God about his creation and say, you know, the good creation means obeying your parents. Good creation means you're not gossiping. Good creation means you're not envious. The good creation means that you're not depressed. The good creation means you do what you're told, you don't do it your way. You'll have a much better, much more just and merciful notion of what God is going to hand out to everybody for their sins. I don't have to. God will judge. I don't have to. Otherwise, or do you presume, verse 4, upon the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience? So much of us, you know, 
You ever see that case? 30-year-old guy, his parents finally sued him to kick him out of the house. They won, by the way. I saw it this week. They won. The judge said, you got to leave. I mean, he was just not, I mean, a, a, a you know, neckbeard in the basement. And it was sad because he wanted it both ways. He wanted to have his own life as a 30-year-old, but he wanted mom and dad to provide everything. The non-Christian world kind of likes the fact that there is a a moral fiber in somebody else that keeps the society and the matters kind of, you know, roughly Judeo-Christian, but as long as there's a big enough gap in the, in the fence so I can run out and, and, and be a bad dog until I want to come back. They want the stability there. We presume upon his forbearance. We presume upon his patience and kindness. He says, do you not know that God's kindness meant to lead you to repentance? Don't you know it has a purpose? It's not so that there's a gap in the fence so you can always come back to a, a loving household. It's so that you will stop being that way. But by your hard and impenitent heart you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. Not only are you living out the wrath of God, it's revealed in your life, but there is a day of wrath coming where, you know, basically all bets are off. Everything closes down. Everybody gets what they deserve. For he will render to every man according to his works. To those who by patience in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. Now he doesn't say to those who believe the gospel, walk the aisle, sign the card, join the church. Even though I believe the gospel is the path to that. You've got to keep clear in your mind what the pursuit of the gospel is, a patience in well-doing, means that I am a student and a disciple of the good creation. I want to know who made, he who made this world, what he wants of me. And I want to devote myself for the rest of my life. Patience, that's the rest of my life, well-doing, that means God's good creation. Patience in it, and we're seeking in that. I want, I want in that good creation his approval, his salvation. That's where the faith, the death, and the atoning work of Jesus Christ comes in. It's seeking for glory, honor, and immortality. He will give eternal life. For those who are factious and do not obey the truth, but obey wickedness, there will be wrath and fury. There will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil. The Jew first, and also the Greek. Just like the gospel. It is salvation, back at the beginning, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. It is judgment to the Jew first, and also the Greek. But that's what our salvation is about. It's either the wrath of God, which is doing it our way, and then God finally... Saying, okay. Or, glory, honor, and immortality. He says in verse 10, the last two verses, but glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good. Good is not my idea of good. I don't get to defend and define merely the, um, the current trendy ethics. This is the good creation. This is what God has made. 
to the Jew first and also the Greek. For God shows no partiality. It's something that the rest of Romans then starts to unpack, God showing no partiality. But how you handle that, save from what to what, what is the basic psychological problem? You need a God, you're not it. You need a God, you're not it. It's his creation, and his good creation could be lived in you, rather than your good creation, whatever you think ought to be allowed. Let's thank God. Dear Lord, we're grateful. We'd ask you to straighten us out in our thinking of how we view your authority, your place in this place, standing above all that we have and all that we enjoy, Lord, our temptations to always reward ourselves by our own limited understanding, we'd ask that you would solve that in us. That we would bow the knee and thank you. That we'd bow the knee and honor you. And that you'd make our lives a credit to your gospel. In your son's name we pray. Amen.